interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 79 of Not A Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show. As always, I have my amazing co-host here with me, Rob Soundoff. You know what I can't stand? What's Quick that? craft videos. They're just the worst. Quick you know, like craft five minute, videos? Yeah, like five-minute crafts and like all those copycats <laughs> that you see oh. on Facebook and Instagram. It's just Oh, God. It's, yeah. Oh, my God. Some are so entertaining, but others just so rage-inducing. <laughs> And none of them take you five minutes. None. <laughs> Not a single one. <laughs> Fucking lot. Uh, and uh, Josh, sound off, buddy. Oh. Oh. Hello, humans. Oh, oh all right. I, I thought you were just doing a dramatic pause or something. Oh, no. Uh, that was on my, my bad. Nice. Uh, well, today on the show, we will be covering Batman 120, Detective Comics 1051, Arkham City, The Order of the World, number five, Suicide Squad, number 11, and Justice League Incarnate, number four. And of course, we'll have a couple of spotlights before that. Uh, but make sure you stick around until the end of each episode to hear our top three books of the week, the biggest stinker, and to find out which titles might just make the dump list. If you want to support us further, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR podcasts for either a one-time donation or subscription for access to our Discord, as well as other exclusive content available on the network. But with that out of the way, um, guys, what's uh, what's new with you? Snowmageddon. Yes. Snowpocalypse. Yeah. I feel that right now, especially. Snowpoon. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I'm under snow-nado. flood warnings. Oh, shit. Oh. Yeah. The aftermath no snow though so that's okay oh. aquapocalypse there you go Aqu- aquapocalypse yeah aquapocalypse sounds like a horrible b movie yeah like stonehenge apocalypse right exactly yeah if if misha collins is listening i loved the movie oh yeah no, yeah, Rob was mentioning uh, or talking about like those kind of um, less than stellar is the nice way of saying it. Sci-fi movies, um, the made-for-TV sci-fi movies, and one of them was Stonehenge Apocalypse, which I have not seen. But the fact that the entire thing has been re-uploaded on YouTube and has not been taken down is like a clear sign. <laughs> I don't think anyone really cared, so I'm, I'm going to check it out when I can. Of all the B movies in the world, that is up there on my list of favorites. Really? If you can have a list of favorite oh B God. movies, which that's, I think is very possible. <laughs> I think that's slight praise. I don't know. <laughs> kind of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about some uh, some comics news, Rob? Okay, so there's been a lot this week. Yeah. Uh, and and not all of it good, unfortunately. But the first thing is kind of sad, but it really depends on how you look at it. I, I try to look at it through sheep's clothing. Is that what they no. What's the I don't know what the phrase is, but you know what I'm trying to say. It's <laughs> it's a blessing in disguise. It's a blessing, blessing in disguise potentially. Yeah. Uh Suicide Squad kills the Justice League has been delayed to twenty twenty three. 
which mm. I can at least say is much better than uh, delayed indefinitely, like Prince of Persia's Hands of Time remake. <laughs> oh, shut up. Don't even yeah. bring that up. I, I pre-ordered <laughs> that like two months before release, and I still have no fucking clue where my money is. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> oh, I don't God. think it ever got redeposited, but it's not yeah. on the Xbox store anymore, and I'm freaking out. <laughs> oh, it was it was reinvested in, in um some some off filter bitcoin shit yeah yeah it's yeah. like it's like the the steam early access stuff where they'll raise a ton of money they'll put something out and then they say they're going to give you updates and then it just never happens and your money is yeah. your money is gone <laughs> you'll never get it back I like that clip on south park yeah and it's gone <laughs> yeah the, uh, things like this though news reports like this it's not always bad news it sucks that we're not getting the game this year but if that means we'll get a better game in 2023 than we would if it came out this year, get it more polished, get it more finished, that's all better. Because, you know, we all played Marvel's Avengers. Mm-hmm. That could have done another year of development and been a lot better, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. we have you talked to Have you talked to Kirk about that? I know he kind of liked the game. I, hope I enjoyed the story, more. but I... I I often don't encounter a lot of glitches in games. I encountered so many glitches in that game. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't hear. what. Which game was that? Marvel's Avengers. Oh, I'm lucky enough to not have played that one. Yeah. I did hear about a bunch of problems, though. Yeah. It, it was it was buggy as hell. I've got a video of one i got to show you guys. It, it was actually a really fun one. <laughs> <laughs> um... Onto something a little nicer, though. Donald Faison. Everybody remembers Donald Faison from Clueless. Among other things. Scrubs, of course. Yeah, Scrubs. But he has been cast in a mystery role in Legends of Tomorrow for the final episode, which comes out March 3rd, I believe. And they're keeping it under wraps, but it's fairly friggin' obvious uh, the blurb from the the description of his character so the legends first encounter this character at a different phase of his career whose golden years are in the rearview mirror he's a good guy deep down his ego is looking for a boost that only fame fortune and glory can provide and I if that's not that obvious yeah clearly it's per decaton Oh, of course. Yeah, like who else could it be? It's Perdegaton. Actually, it actually if it actually becomes Perdegaton, this will be like the biggest patsy in CW history. Wait, don't, uh, am I am I like going insane or did they have a Perdegaton on the Stargirl show? We're seeing like somewhere they were casting because I know they had what's his face the um one of like oh, the actually, Injustice Society yeah. guys. It, 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 you could be right because I, I haven't actually watched Star Girl yet, so you mm-hmm. could be right. I've just been keeping up with a few news blurbs, but mm-hmm. that does sound familiar. I could have sworn. Maybe I'm I'm mistaking it, but yeah. But yeah, we we might have Donald fights on as Booster Gold in less than a month, which I think is really exciting. And if that is true, I vote Zach Braff plays Ted Cord. Braff. please (laughs) it's the only thing that makes sense yeah it just works come on zach braff you know you want to do it yeah as long as faison is playing booster gold which i really (laughs) hope he is i think he'd be perfect he'd do that be so sick hell yeah Yeah. it would be awesome yeah 
you, uh, I probably shouldn't say this. Have you ever seen that video of Zach Braff on Punked? Oh, I think uh, I have. I feel like I have. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's about to beat up a kid. I mean, I'm sure, you know, he apologized and everything, but it's just like, you know, Punked is, is super silly, and they were like, had some guy like spray painting his car or something. He's like, what, what, the, what the fuck? It is. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. Um, um, yeah, onto okay. something a little a little sadder now. Unfortunately, this past week from excuse me, actually Mark Wade's Facebook, Brian Augustin, comics writer, huge comics writer of nearly. Actually, I don't know how long he's been in the business. He was a really long time editor and uh, yeah, he's probably most famous time. for writing Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah, uh, he has unfortunately passed away. Yep, which is a damn uh, shame. No, a lot it's, of great comics out of him. Yeah, it's well, it just sucks because it, it feels like you know twenty twenty two is still really early, and we've had all this kind yeah. of tragic stuff within the comics community. Yeah, we not cool. I mean, yeah, like what Ian Bodenheim, Brian Augustine, um, someone else. I'm I'm probably forgetting, and then of course the stuff with uh, George Perez, just kind of terrible. There is yeah. one or two other people that we're forgetting. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Dang it. At least I'm not the only one this time. Yeah. <laughs> I am also drawing a blank and I feel horrible. Uh, but we can... Uh, thoughts go out to Brian Augustin's family hmm. and his colleagues. It's a damn shame. And uh, my yeah, screen went blank just now. What the hell? Okay, we're back. <laughs> Uh, but from that onto something that I'll, I'll leave it up to you, listener, if it's a good thing or a bad thing. But I think it is just insanely awesome. Jurassic League, yes, you heard me. <laughs> Jurassic League, it is, and <laughs> the the artist's idea of it is okay. Yeah. You know the story, an infant escapes the destruction of its home planet and is deposited <laughs> on Earth to be raised by humans. Oh, shit. Hang on. That's not the whole thing. Where the fuck is it? Okay, yeah. So, in the world of Jurassic League, sorry, I was reading the wrong paragraph, Superman was still sent to Earth on a rocket ship from a dying planet, and he was still raised by humans. It's just that he's also a man-shaped brachiosaur. What the fuck? (laughs) Batman, or rather Batsaur, is an Allosaurus. And Wonder Woman Woman is a Triceratops. (laughs) The Joker is a Dilophosaurus. (laughs) And there's artwork. And it looks as ridiculous as it sounds, but it could be freaking amazing. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah. A theropod dons the visage of a bat to strike fear into evildoers. A goddess from a lost city defends truth, and a, a <laughs> dinosaur-looking superhuman crashes into the planet. The heroic trinity, alongside a league of other superpowered dinosaurs, join force to save a prehistoric Earth from the sinister machinations of Darkseid. Just what? Oh, dude, wild. it's prehistoric DC super pets. 
pretty much. Yes. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. I, I'm just in awe. <laughs> it looks wild. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Oh, man. But that's that's all the stuff I've heard about this week. I I, I think I'm most excited about Jurassic League, if I'm going to be yeah. honest. <laughs> sounds fun. That comes out in May, I believe. What do you got in your pipe, Brandon? Um, just a little bit of news. Um, as uh, I'm sure a lot of listeners are familiar, there's been a lot of comic stuff going on Substack lately, and a lot of people have been uh, making their way over to the website and doing the newsletter thing, and some of them are getting grants. So um, last weekend they had the CDOS or Comics Day on Substack where they had a bunch of uh, new announcements and new members of the Substack family, if you want to call it that, uh, in addition to the existing newsletters dropping a bunch of new stuff. So some of the news... <clears throat> Some of the newcomers include uh, Tom King and Elsa Chartier, who are doing a new series called Love Everlasting, which is like a tribute to the old um, romance comics of the 50s and 60s. Grant uh, mm. Morrison is doing something called Xanadoom, spelled X-A-N-A-D-U-U-M. I don't know. Go to grantmorrison.substack.com and I guess try and figure it out. I, I read like the first part of the newsletter and I, my brain started to hurt, but I think I'll come back to it later. Um, <laughs> it's Grant Morrison, man. It's yeah. going to be a trip. Yeah. Be um, a deep one. Brian K. Vaughn and Nico Henrichen, who did Pride of Baghdad, are doing Spectators, a new series. It's, I guess, going to be very NSFW specific, which if you've read Saga, that's like nothing new. Um, I'm sure it's going to have about as much graphic stuff as that. Um, Curry Randolph is doing a series called Sirens of the City. And um, in addition to the new people, like I said, there's some old people. They're not old, but like people who are already on Substack who've released some new stuff. So we got our first look at uh, the uh, new series Vanish from Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman, the eight-page preview, fully fully colored fully lettered, fully inked, all that good stuff. And apparently that'll be dropping in summer of 2022. Um, good stuff indeed. Yeah, yeah. Um, they also have a, I guess they're building a Vanish universe. So they have a new uh, series from um, Kenny Porter and Ryan Lee um, that's going to take place in the past within the world of Vanish. Um, and then Ames Tynan, who I think is, is trying, to Jeff Lemire in the competition of writing as much stuff as possible has two new series coming out as if he didn't already have enough uh, The Closet with uh, Galvin uh, or Gavin um, uh, forgetting his last name I probably should have Galvin, Ga- fuck. Gavin Fullerton excuse me um, and The Oddly Pedestrian Life of Christopher Chaos um, he's co-writing with Tate Rumball, who's doing the um, House of Slaughterbook right now. Um, and Kelly Thompson, who I'm sure a lot of people know from Marvel, is doing her series Black Cloak. The first issue dropped for free on her newsletter, and that'll be coming out every month uh, following that. And then uh, Jeff Lemire on his Tales of the Farm newsletter is going to be serializing The Last Days of Black Hammer. 
Um, yep. Surprise so cool. came out of nowhere. I didn't know that was coming. Did you? No, I did not. Yeah. I mean, he talked about doing some Black Hammer content with uh, Ray Fox, but I didn't hear anything else about, you know, a new completely separate series of, you know, the last days of Black Hammer. So that sounds super cool. Four to five pages a week until it's done. And then you yeah. get the physical copy from Dark Horse. Hell yeah, yeah, no, I can't yeah. can't wait for that. It's going to be a, you know, full graphic novel. I can put it all as one thing. So super stoked for that. Um, but outside of Substack, um, for uh, those who didn't know, this year is the 30th anniversary of Image Comics. Whoop, whoop. They've made it yep. this far. Hopefully they can survive another 30 years. Yeah. Um, so they're doing a bunch of, you know, celebration type stuff and uh, honor of the 30th anniversary um, coming soon. So um, be out on the, or be on the lookout for that. And then the last thing I have is just the uh, cover for the nice house in the lake. Number seven uh, was released along with the solicit of what's coming next. And I'm really excited for that, especially after the cliffhanger the sixth issue so i can't wait oh, to see yeah. where they pick up that's gonna be a good one yeah no i can't oh, yeah. can't wait uh before we, we move on to josh's news sorry i just forgot to actually give out the credits for jurassic league uh the writer and artist that are, are listed is being drawn by juan gedeon oh. i hope i pronounced okay. that right mm-hmm. And is written by Daniel Warren Johnson. <laughs> that makes yeah. that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Now, now I'm like, oh, okay, because I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't see who was doing this at first. So I was just like, what the hell? Yeah. Whose idea was this? <laughs> um, but no, that that makes that makes perfect sense for him. Yeah, perfectly capable hands for such a story. Uh, yeah, definitely. Claws, even. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Claws are probably more fitting. <laughs> Just a little bit. Oh, I actually. Um, oh, I. Sorry. I. I just. I have one ahead, more thing. I mean, this. This literally like just came out. Um, but, um, they just released um some of the um, promo images for uh, Trial of the Amazons number one. I mean, literally like oh. it just 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 dropped as far as I can tell. Um, and that's from Joel Jones and, um, Laura Braga, Skylar Patridge. And Elena Casagrande. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, it looks super cool. So it's over on uh, Adventures in Portes right now if you want to check it out. I'll have to. Definitely. In a second, anyway. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Happy Black History Month because I feel like I got a present for it, as crazy as that sounds. I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but there are variant covers that Alexis Franklin did. Yeah, they're gorgeous. Oh my God, they're so gorgeous. Seriously, if if not buy the issue, at least get on the internet and check them out because holy shit, this is beautiful. Um, the Milestone Compendium went on sale Wednesday. It's a thirteen hundred page book. I it don't is, know what the price wow. is, and it I'm is, so afraid to look. Yeah, it is. I I do not have the cash for that, but I did see it in my LCS last week when it came out. It is incredibly fucking big um like 1300 pages yeah like um (laughs) like saga compendium big um yeah just massive so you can get your hands on it you know how much was it enjoy it i i didn't i didn't even look i just i just saw the size of it and i was like yeah no (laughs) (laughs) 
love to have my hands on that though. Um, also touching on something that we talked about last week, the recent boycott of a uh, boycott of mouse in Tennessee. Oh yeah. Nah, they cited nudity in language as the reason, but I mean, seriously, come on. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I thought it was hilarious because I happened to notice that it caused the book to jump in worth from $5 to $95 fair market Ooh. value. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> well, then. oh, that's epic. I loved it. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing that I've got is that the CW actually ordered a pilot show. Um, oh, yeah, pilot for a show <laughs> in, in true Warner Brothers slash CW fashion. They have done their best to make it as confusing as possible. <laughs> Uh, it is called Gotham Knights, yet it's got nothing to do with the video game. It's not a spinoff of Batwoman either. The synopsis, it's an Elseworlds story. And the synopsis reads like this. In the wake of Bruce Wayne's murder, his rebellious adopted son forges an unlikely alliance with the children of Batman's enemies when they are all framed for killing the Cape Crusader. And as the city's most wanted criminals, this renegade band of misfits must fight to clear their names. But in a Gotham with no dark night to protect it, the city descends into the most dangerous it's ever been. However, hope comes from the most unexpected of places as this team of mismatched fugitives will become its next generation of saviors known as the Gotham Knights. That is something. <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what it is. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. I, I think CW needs to just relax. Yeah. I think CW needs to stop making DC shows. Yeah. Leave that or shit to HBO. Make them a lot like Superman and Lois. Yeah. Have you seen that shit lately, dude? Holy shit. I haven't started it, but I've seen so many clips, and it just <laughs> looks amazing. I don't know who or what this thing is, but it looks like Bizarro Superman, and it is so cool looking. Yeah. It's not confirmed, but it's definitely an evil Superman, and yeah. it's so wicked. And also Peacemaker and Naomi continue to be pretty damn good. Right. That's good. Peacemaker's hilarious. Holy shit. <laughs> yep. Uh, <clears throat> Speaking of which, I mentioned the 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 dance intro uh here a week or so ago. And uh I mentioned that Alec tu- Alan Tudyk was behind it, and it wasn't him, it was him and his wife. His wife is actually a, a professional choreographer. And the two of them put it together. And if you pay attention, if you pay attention to it, it's actually inspired by Spaced Invaders. <laughs> oh, I got to check this can, out again. Can you see it now? <laughs> Watch. Every, everything that gets done in there is kind of, uh, is, is oh, kind of in reference to Space Invaders. Uh, all, all of their all of their jerky movements and yeah. the way that they move and 
um the hand signals that peacemaker's dad does oh it's 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 yep i love it even more now (laughs) oh my god that's amazing oh yeah it's amazing i have a feeling gotham knights is not going to be though the tv show not the game gotham (laughs) knights the game better be damn amazing oh it looks like it will be yeah at least it would be if we ever got any news but yeah but that'll never happen (laughs) yeah thanks for the optimism yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't at E3. Frame it's, of like, yeah. it's it's been at a this year point, and a half. At this point, you're just like, all right, what's yeah. what's going on? Yeah. I mean, it's what's at this point, on? it's a race between that and Metroid Prime Four. Oh, Please, <laughs> Leg- uh, Breath of the Wild too. Yeah, which supposedly all the rumors are swirling that is coming this year, but Nintendo doesn't really announce stuff until last minute. Yeah, we just gotta wait for the next Direct, whenever the hell yeah. that's gonna be. Which, realistically, should be this month, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm past my days of trying to track their movements in the past and trying to figure out and predict yeah. what the next one is. That's, that's was, too much stress. <laughs> I, yeah. I forget what they are, but there is traditionally two months out of the year that they release uh, Zelda games. It's not gone with every single Zelda game, but a vast majority of them. I can't remember what those months are. I believe November is one of the March or something. Hmm. Anyway, Hmm. all right. That's all the news that I've got. That's all the news that fits. Now the the one one more thing that I forgot about. We also have preview images of Beyond the White Knight. Ah uh, yes, uh, yeah. yeah, I saw that yeah, on. Uh, so good. Sean Murphy set the cage today. Yeah. So good. Oh damn, the man's amazing. And I'm so glad because um, I, I guess that's one other announcement. Um, I, I got the uh, another look at the Batman Beyond Neo Year number one. I probably should have written oh, that yes. down. Um, from Lansing and Kelly and and Dunbar. Um, so I guess we're getting a lot of Batman Beyond content this year, which. Is awesome. Um, that is so shui. Is very shui. Definitely rips. Total shui. Definitely rips. Um, <laughs> so you like rips? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but no, I just I I hope they I hope they go all in on uh, a lot of the Batman Beyond stuff because that that's great. Yeah, that would be pretty cool, man. We're getting close to the. I'm pretty sure close to the year that it took place in initially. Wasn't it 2030 or was it 2050? I think it, I think it might have been 2050, but I think we're getting close to the year where Bruce like retired, where he was he was basically right. like yeah from that first episode where he's running around in the suit and then he was like I'm too old for this shit, right. turned into what's his name and Lethal Weapon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, Bruce Willis or Danny Glover? I feel like it might have yeah. been Danny Glover. Yeah, I think it's Danny yeah, Glover. Was, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I think it's. Uh, I think it's like 2025 or 20 something. So who knows? Oh, um, I guess there's one more thing since we all have to do one more thing. Uh, (laughs) As of yesterday, we've decided that there is going to be yet another uh, podcast show coming out of Nod Robot. It is obviously yes. in its beginning stages, but we are going to release the comic convergence going through all comic book related movies, inspired movies, or directly related movies, rather, I should mm-hmm. 
um, as far back as we can go. And uh, we'll drop in some of the cereals and other odd and wacky things that we ran into throughout our long history of of watching good and bad comic book movies, which <laughs> we will give you all of them. Yeah, as be- between between the between the people that are involved, we've everything covered. So that's going to be a little fun. We'll keep you up to date on that as mm-hmm. it develops. Yeah. I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah, I cannot too. wait. There's there's a few choice movies I, I'm itching to talk about already. <laughs> there's so many, so many, so many bad horror movies or horror movies. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. But yeah. comic book movies. I mean, oh, yeah. it's it, honestly name a good comic book movie that came out prior to. I want to go much later than this, but I know I'll get arguments prior to 1995. Prior to 1995. Prior, um, I mean, I guess I'd say the 89 Batman, but yeah. It's, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, Batman 89. Uh, um, Damn. <laughs> and, and, and uh, the, the Donner's were well, really just the first two after Superman three. It like, yeah, it, it starts to go Rich bad. Yeah. But regardless, we will be going through all of them. Yeah. yeah. So Superman 78 was pretty good. Damn good. Is it I now, I, I didn't get to ask this yesterday, but um, I guess it's good to just ask. Um, is, is it just movies or is it movies and TV? I have a special request if it's also oh. TV. We are, I, I want to say... Um, what we'll do is since there are so many movies we'll be going through and just doing movies with extra stuff sprinkled in here and there serials, TV shows, um, shorts and one shots, spotlights. Mm-hmm. So yeah, obviously we will be getting into TV shows at some point. What's your request? I want to watch because I've never seen it. The nineteen seventy eight or whatever it is, the nineties Shazam TV series. Oh, I've only God. seen like images on the internet of it. I've always <laughs> wanted to just see what the fuck it actually is. Yeah, I've got it on DVD. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. Then please, I, that's my that's my like special request. Mm-hmm. Add in the um the seventies Spider Man show. It's a it's a slightly I have, I have, one. I have Shazam and I have ISIS. Uh, yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Fun times. Oh, this is gonna be a fun show. I can't yeah, wait. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. You should be. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, much as I'm looking forward to that, I'm also looking forward to some of the books that we get to talk about this week. So I, I feel like we should probably get into that, starting with One Star Squadron, a very hilarious, very uh, comical book that I'm going to let Rob tell us all about. Oh, it's so comical. I love <laughs> it. Uh, so this is brought to us by writer Mark Russell with art by steve lieber colors from dave stewart and letters from dave sharp 
So in this issue, Red Tornado is trying to keep the office together while Karen Starr tries to enforce her way as a leader. However, Superman is giving corporate some issues, so the board is looking to make some changes in the staff, and they call on Red Tornado to make them. It is such a fun comedy book. <laughs> the art is weird. I, I can't get over Red Tornado's pupils. It's oh just God. perfectly placed and just solidifies the comedy in this in this book. But it has some touching moments as well. If you haven't read the first two issues, definitely check it out, because this one is just as fun as the others. Uh, it's I, You know what, uh, man? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about you saying it's fun. I what a shitty ride for Red Tornado. I mean, oh, he's definitely. a nice guy. <laughs> yes. I I have a, hope that by the end things will work out for him. But yeah, it's that's why I said it's got some touching, depressing even moments. But that's that's the only way you could think that there's gonna be something good that happens is with hope because it does not look like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of like they said, you know, sometimes. Sometimes heroes fall on hard times and you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. And if that means shilling for a superhero app, then hey, that's that's what that's what we gotta do, right? Yeah. Sorry, Reddy. You were on the Justice League and like maybe we could get you a stipend or something, but if you gotta yeah. if you if you gotta work for heroes for you, you gotta work for heroes for you. Like it's just how it's gotta be. Right. Can't all be billionaires. Exactly. Yep. Sorry, Batman took a shit, man. He can't yeah. find us anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think the best way to describe this book is, and I'm sure somebody has already, it's The Office with superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, feel, I feel like that's accurate. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, this is good, though. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I, I gave this uh, 8 out of 10. A solid issue for a solid book. Yeah, this one got in a, an 8.5 for me. I think especially just because of like that first scene with Superman in the boardroom and they're just giving him the corporate, they're giving him the corporate talk and Superman's just not having it. It's like, it was just, it's just so great. It was funny like, as hell, man. Listen, Superman, we get it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like you got to understand. It's just, oh, it's just it's a a Linda synergy. Lister. Yeah. Listen, Linda, 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 Linda. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh jeez. Oh man. All right. Well, next up we have our uh I would say pretty exciting debut of a new character in the DCU. Um oh, you. Monkey Prince number 1. Uh Josh. Written by Gene Luen Yang with art by Bernard Chang and Sebastian Chang and Janice Chang. Uh Zhang on lettering with Chang and Chang bringing in the cover book starts with this book starts with a, a a smart young boy named Marcus seeing the Batman assault his parents and then leave when he found out that there was a kid in the house so they moved after that apparently his parents are criminals and apparently whenever the boy gets scared or anxious he crouches down and says eat, eat, like a monkey and then they move back to Gotham, his parents do, to work for Penguin, bringing Marcus with him. He meets a janitor at school that tries to help him not be afraid, and Marcus grows a tail. He faces his fears and jumps into a pool that leads to a magical place where he turns into the Monkey King, 
the janitor turns into someone else and then he goes to get revenge on the bullies at school whoops them all and then batman accidentally cuts his head off i love this book the art is so good and it's so fun the story is interesting the whole batman dynamic has me curious even though i'm like quit suffocating us with batman i'm really curious how th- this works in uh it glossed past a few things but i can't wait for the next one i i loved it man i gave this an 8.75 yeah it's a, a solid read so far and I, I i love any tale that features sun wukong the the monkey king is one of my favorite legends so i'm all in on this i've been in on this since his debut last year i've been waiting for this and it's everything i've been hoping for as 8.5 for me it's just so much fun really interesting art really fun um beautiful looking designs and i can't wait to see where they take this character there's something to be said about a book that's not a horror book that that can be said to be fun that results in the main character getting his head lopped off in the last page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Certainly something. Uh, I, I unfortunately did not get a chance to read this one yet. Um, I've heard good things and I, I you know, briefly. Oh, shit. You should have told us at the beginning. I wouldn't have spoiled. No, no, that. that's okay. I'm glad you did. Now I, I'm, you know, excited to actually check it out. Um, <clears throat> oh it's definitely worth it yeah so um no i mean I, you know, flicked through it looked in the art looked really cool um so yeah no I'll, I'll be excited to give that one a read oh yeah <clears throat> but uh our last spotlight for this week uh is a series that uh certainly pleases every time it comes out with its intrigue and family machinations and all that stuff. It's uh, it's Decos or Dark Knights of Steel from Tom Taylor with guest penciler for this issue, Bengal, uh, colors from Arif Prianto and letters from Wes Abbott. Um, Alfred decides that it is time to tell Jon Snow. Oh, shit. Um, Alfred decides that it's time to tell <laughs> Bruce Wayne um, <laughs> that, <laughs> The connection. You know that, nothing, Jon Snow. I mean, just like the way Bruce is in the <laughs> series, just especially in this issue, remind me so much of Jon Snow. But anyway, um, Alfred decides to tell Bruce uh, the secret history of the connection between the Els and the Wayne family, and how the Els came to the aid of the Wayne family and the rest of the kingdom when they had originally tried to just give them an early warning, but uh, a very jealous and spiteful man by the name of Alexander Luther decided to burn their warning uh, before uh, the Waynes could actually find out. But the L's, like I said, actually went to help. Um, and uh, Luther himself was exiled from the kingdom only to find himself burned and transformed by the light of a green lantern ring. <clears throat> but we get more insight as to the nature of how, you know, Bruce uh, came up under this family, obviously being a bastard, um, and how Alexander Luther, with the powers of the Green Lantern and calling himself a Joker now, essentially, uh, took his revenge on the Wayne family and uh, slaughtered them all, leaving Bruce an only child to grow up in the care of the Els. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it was a little bit jarring to see the shift from um, Yasmin Putri's art 
to Bengal's art. I love Bengal, but it was, I think just, again, in terms of style, it was just a little bit different. So that was kind of an adjustment, but again, the story is, as always, it's just been really interesting and really engaging. And I just, I'm fascinated by this world and the structure and everything. And even if it was mostly just a backstory issue, like I feel like the backstory itself was just all really interesting. Um, and you, you get a sense of, of, you know, the, the real history of this world and, um, you know, how, at least for me, how fascinating it, it, it all is. So I'm still really digging it and, uh, I'm interested to see where the, the kingdom is going next. So this one got 8.25 oh, out of 10 yeah. for me. Um, Green Lantern Joke Luther. Yeah. Oh, Whoa. I love this book, the whole damn thing. Even if it does feel like it moved a little bit slower in this issue. I gave it an 8.5. Yeah, uh, same thing here. So it was a bit of a slower chapter, but still solid. And the backstory, I think, was very interesting. Uh, and where is this story going? Who knows? But I'm just loving the ride. 8.5 out of 10. I did not see Green Lantern Joker Luther <laughs> coming at all. A million miles away. Yeah. Right. Are there any other spotlights you guys want to throw out for this week, or are we good to go? Not that I can think of. No. Bit of a small week. Yeah. That's okay, though. Hmm. All right. Then getting into our main reviews, we're going to start with Batman number 120, as always, featuring a main story and a backup story, both of which will be summarized by Rob. So take it away. All right. So this is from writer joshua williamson with art by jorge molina and michael yanine with colors from toma mori and letters from clayton cowles with batman blind as a mole he relies on detective keha to help him escape the precinct and get access to batman inc and back at her apartment they hash out a plan and head off to see it through meanwhile lex is visited by abyss and he shows off his new bat suit which Kind of looks really badass. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? (laughs) Inside the prison that's holding Batman Inc., Batman gets inside somehow and frees the group, but they turn on him, tagging him instead of escaping and saying that they don't need him. And with Lex's arrival, the group reveals that Lex may be paying them, but he isn't their leader. Their leader is actually Abyss. Dun, so dun, dun. Another shocking twist and another amazing issue. Honestly, <laughs> mm-hmm. this is such a fascinating story with really intriguing and fantastic art. Oh, Melina yeah. and Yanine are knocking it out of the park. Williamson is, is crafting a lot of very fun story. Toma Mori's colors is, as always, fantastic. Lex's bad suit, though, man. Holy crap. It's it looks so, cool. so good. <laughs> it it looks a lot like his typical Lexor suit, mm. but it's got the bat logo. <laughs> oh, no, it's not completely the his no. his usual power suit yeah. though. No, it's got got some similarities, but it is very different, and the color scheme is wildly different. I don't know. I'm uh I'm kind of over it because I think I'm I'm just waiting for. Three, four years from now when Lex is going to be suiting up as an Amazon and then I can really get excited. Um, I can't wait for that. So you can complete the set. I don't know what that's going to look like. Maybe he'll have the, you know, the 
the the full swimsuit costume or maybe he'll have right. you know some classic gladiator armor i don't know but that's what i'm excited uh, for you gotta i think he can pull off the aquaman look a kind of but when when he makes his way to martian manhunter I don't think things are going to work for the guy. Yeah, no. I mean, they it's going to be a bad that. look. Yeah. Him. So he he's done Orange Lantern. So he's oh, been in the okay. Green Lantern. He's he's now Green done Lantern. Batman. He's done Superman, and he was Apex Predator Lex, which was technically well, yeah. Martian Manhunter because mm-hmm. it had Martian DNA in it. As he looks though. Yeah. Yeah. And and Michael Rosenbaum voiced Wally West on the Justice League cartoon. So <laughs> yeah. technically, he did That's... Flash. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's such a stretch but sure hey two points make a line uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah no i'm I'm just waiting for him to suit up his wonder woman next that feels like the yeah. the next logical option the only option <laughs> uh, besides the jaw dropping art in here i didn't see any of this coming yeah. and it's a welcome story to me i'm super into it I really hope that this wraps up nicely because I'm into it so much. It's really cool, man. I dug it. I gave this a nine. Yeah, it was a nine for me as well. This one got an eight. The first time I read it, I was a little, I was a little sour on it. I think just because I was like, "Oh, what is, what's going on? Like, what's up with this pacing? I'm just, I'm just not feeling it." Um, but I kind of thought about it for a little bit, and I was like, "Okay, what's, what's not working for me? Why, why does this just?" feel like it's just been a total drop from the past two issues um i think just the second reading yeah, is for me why i don't know i well, I, I think it just something was up <laughs> with the pacing where i just I, I was not feeling it but you know i read through it a second time and i was like okay I'm, I'm i'm starting to get a better sense of where this mystery might be going or at least what's going on and um you know hopefully a satisfying conclusion so I'm at least feeling better about this the second time around than I was the first time around. Because the first time around, I, I had it at a 6.5. Um, even though, you know, the art from uh, Mikel Hanin and, and Jorge Molina especially is just, it, like you said, Rob, it's jaw-dropping. It's amazing. Um, just, no, I said that. Oh, well, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me, princess. Um, I have a creator crush on Mikel. I yeah. Mikel Yanin. Just <laughs> hardcore. His yeah. his art is just, I love it. Um, but yeah, no Jorge Molina just just you know, doing some amazing stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's uh, I think like I said, second reading definitely a lot better. Interested to see where it goes next. So eight out of ten. Fair enough. And that will bring us to our backup Gotham Academy Adventures uh, which is from writer Carl Kershaw with artist Carl Kershaw <laughs> colors from Dave McCaig and letters by Carl Kershaw uh, and Batman Couldn't has survived the colors? Encounter. Jeez, fucking lazy I know, like come on do everything and one job left Yeah, that's it like <laughs> Uh, so Batman has survived his encounter with the underwater creatures while Maps figures out what they are. They are actually Kappa creatures from Japanese folklore. And Maps takes off to save Batman just as he was getting attacked a second time after finding a body. She attracts the Kappa away with cucumbers as her friend that has gone missing supposedly arrives. So I mentioned Fine. before that I don't really know much about Maps Mizuguchi, but I'm all for this character, and I'm I'm really into just going 
into the entire history of this character. Yeah, no. <laughs> because this this is a such a, a cute little story. Definitely check out Gotham Academy. It's uh it's it's a lovely book. Yeah, yeah I I like Gotham Academy. I actually have Gotham Academy here. Um but I don't know if I dig this or not. It, it felt really middle of the road for me. It's nothing horrible. It just, something felt a little odd or off. I'm not sure. Um, It was really bland, man. Like, you know, not being mean, but like old McDonald French fry kind of bland. <laughs> ooh. And, and, um, I didn't mean ooh for the backup. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's very average. <laughs> it just, didn't do much for me. That's just such a really great analogy. It. Yeah. <laughs> old mcdonald's french fry bland i think i'm gonna have to steal yeah. that <laughs> um but i i had to give it a 6.5 i don't hate it i don't hate it it's just it doesn't do anything for me mm. not yet anyway we'll see yeah, fair enough. this one was a little quick there wasn't there wasn't as much substance as the last two chapters yeah that's true yeah um, no, I, I, I still dig the story. Carl Kershaw is great. And I, you know, I love maps and um, any connection to Gotham Academy is great. But, you know, I just kind of echo what I said the last time we talked about this story where it just feels really out of place. Um, and I wish it was somewhere else because I feel like putting this in the back of a Batman story is just going to immediately turn people off, especially when you're reading a story like Abyss that is, you know, really focused on Batman and his personal stuff. And then you have this cutesy story where maps in a Robin costume teams up with Batman and it's great. Like I gave it an eight, but you know, it's like, why is yeah, it Maybe here? that's what happens with me. Yeah. It's like, it's like, why is this here? Reading this all is one thing. Um, and it's probably a good thing. I didn't do that. Like I took a break in between reading this and the main story. Um, but reading this all is one thing. It just, is jarring because it's like again you go from the dark abyss story to yeah batman being dragged down by sea creatures and maps talking about cucumbers it's just like yeah. it's just it's just so out of place um and uh, again i can already hear people being like oh what the fuck is this you know in batman and i hear them like yeah it's just kind of a weird place to put it so I don't know. I, I wish it was somewhere else so that it could have its audience and then hopefully they could do more stuff with gotham academy but um, you know, probably not. So um, I don't want to fault the main story for that. Um, so like yeah. I said, this got an 8 out of 10. Whole issue got an 8 out of 10 for me, but just feels really out of place. I, I definitely can see where you're going with that. And I also did take a break between, I, it was almost a full day between reading the main story and the backup story. So I did get a different appreciation for it. But at least this backup story has like life consequences that people have died there's actual friggin monsters that can kill you and eat you like and it's based on actual folklore and it's it's fits the main story a bit better than what was going on in wonder woman at the beginning <laughs> oh, of yeah. frontier Jeez. with young diana which just made no fucking sense at the time yeah, that's just yeah, like that's, the, that's a totally different kind of cute yeah, that's yeah. that's like the extreme version of it. it's like this shouldn't even be anywhere outside yeah. of a, you know ya ogn or something yeah yeah like you, right. you start off reading a, a war story like you're <laughs> like you just watched uh pearl harbor yeah. and then you turn on powerpuff girls <laughs> 
It, it, not even Powerpuff yeah. Girls. My Little Pony dipped in powdered yes, sugar. Yes, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. like at least Powerpuff Girls could, you know, it would have like its violence sometimes, even if it's you know aimed for and Mojo Jojo. Yeah, how can you not like, love Mojo Jojo? Yeah, I am Mojo Jojo. This is like this is like Mojo Jojo, but me. Fucking great, man. No, this is like yeah, this this is like watching yeah, um, whatever. Like I don't know, like Serpico or something. And then suddenly yeah. you're watching Doc McStuffins. Like it's just the, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, like the extre- it's just the extreme version of that. Like something that's yeah. just not fitting at all. But anyway, God. Um, but yeah, moving on to a, another book based in Gotham. While the bat is away, uh, let's see what the uh, Bat family is up to, or what they've been up to for these uh, these past couple weeks or so. Uh, Detective Comics ten fifty one. In story, back up, you know the deal. Josh, take it away, my friend. All right. Um, I suppose so. <laughs> Detective Comics number 1051, written by Mariko Tamaki, Max Rayner, and Luis Guerrero on art, lettering from Ariana Mar, and a cover from Irvin Rodriguez. This issue is lead up again to the text to the attack on Arkham Tower. That sounds like an anime show, doesn't it? Attack on (laughs) Arkham Tower. Tower. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Anyway, so it covers the setup for the whole deal behind Dr. Ware and Psycho Pirate. Dr. Ware and Psycho Pirate are working together using his powers and Ware's drugs to keep the patients calm and chilled out until... Uh, where can get a check from Nakano and then split with it. This whole thing is a con. The psycho pirate loses control for a minute, and that's when the riot broke out. Uh, it seems as though Huntress has lost some of her memory, too. I'm not sure what's going on there. Maybe she's just coming out of the drugged stupor. But um, that's the issue. For me, uh, it being the backstory of what happened it's so like halfway through my interview we're also halfway through the story (laughs) uh so it just feels less like a mystery and we're just going through the the motions now with the rest of the story and I, this is what part five or six of 12 yeah so it's yeah where where the hell does it go now which there's there's been a lot i think i'm just on the fence about this story still i don't know but the art is fantastic the story is oh, interesting enough but the art is fantastic it's just phenomenal uh so i i gave it an eight out of ten I, I really enjoyed the the twist they they had coming up, so we'll see where it goes from here. Nice. Uh, this one got a seven point five for me. Max Rayner does a great job, like you guys had said. Luis Guerrero also does a great job. They work pretty well together. It's nice to get the backstory of Doctor Weir and the Psycho Pirate, and just have a clear understanding of what Doctor Weir and the Party Crashers and all of them 
they're trying to achieve out of Arkham Tower and the con. But I don't know. I mean, this story is like, it's just kind of whatever. Like, I feel like it started an interesting place, especially the first issue. We're like, whoa, what's going on? I've seen this type of story before, but like, I, I really want to find out what's going on next and what's happening with the Bat family. And that seemed to be a big, you know, feature uh, or seemed to be featured a lot in like the promo stuff for this series of like, oh, it's going to be the Bat family, you know taking on Arkham Tower and unraveling the mystery. And I mean, how many times have we even seen the Bat family? They're like in cameos. It's mostly just Huntress, Batwoman, occasionally some stuff from Oracle and Nightwing. And then I think I think this is probably the first time that Spoiler has showed up. And then, you know, Cass has a line or two at best. But for a series that seemed to, you know, promise a lot of, you know, cooperation with the Bat family, we're almost six issues in and we've seen nothing of that um so it's just like i don't know i feel like what was sort of promised of this series has not been delivered and it's just kind of whatever so far so um i don't know i hope it improves but this this issue at least was just kind of like yeah it was necessary got the information it needed and then i just kind of went on with my life yeah that's it it definitely could have been the whole this whole whatever this is behind the scenes look at what we saw happen issues ago um it could have been compressed into a one shot yeah i don't know and, it's just like it's just not delivering honestly like the past issue past couple mm-hmm. issues even if they've had some good moments just kind of looking back on them they just haven't been delivering for me no it's i mean i honestly and do we really even care about what it is Starting not to. <laughs> right. I mean, I, it seems really super pointless. Yeah. I mean, we went from having, we went from having Psycho Pirate out there being next, standing next to, to Dark Side to him helping this con man pull something <laughs> off. Uh, what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we couldn't have you couldn't have employed somebody from Gotham with mind control powers. Yeah, you'd you'd think they're a dime a dozen, but I guess not. Uh, it's it's like I said, it's just kind of there. It's whatever. We could we could go on to the backup now. <laughs> I don't really, yeah. I don't really care that much anymore. All right. <laughs> All right. So the back backup House of Gotham. Written by Matthew Rosenberg and illustrated by Fernando Blanco with Jordi Belair on colors and lettering from Rob Lee. The as-of-yet-unnamed boy has been given a, a, a clean bill of health and they found someone to adopt him by the name of Mr. Gentu. Gentu, or Gentu, leads him to a car outside where a boy named Elliot, also from the orphanage, vouchers for him the door opens and it's oswald cobblepot i sure didn't see that coming (laughs) so the penguin has brought him in as a child employee and is paying him and giving him money and whatnot blah 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 he goes through the whole spiel of of uh of him expecting loyalty of the boy blah 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 so the kid is out on the street and gets beat up by this random dude 
Penguin shows up, asks the boy if he should spare his life. The boy says yes, and Penguin kills the dude anyway, with Cobblepot saying to him, this is a lesson that we don't always get what we want. I mean, I guess. Um, I'm kind of interested in it. I'm, I'm more interested in it now than I was when this first started coming out. Um, like I wouldn't, if, if, if it stopped tomorrow, I, I wouldn't be upset about it, but, um, I enjoyed it. It's all right. I gave it a seven out of 10. I'm the, the complete opposite where I enjoyed it more at the beginning and just the longer it goes, the less I care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm right there. Yeah. Like where the hell is this going? It's all over the place, but I still gave it a seven out of 10 because the art seems really good. <laughs> well, they know how to bait me. Cause I'm like, who the fuck is this kid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I rated this higher than the main story because I did at least enjoy it more than that. But I'm I'm still right there with you, Rob. Especially where I'm just like, I still like the idea of it, right? If someone like the the premise of it, I feel like I'm always going to come back to that. The idea of it, the premise of it, of a boy whose life you know was affected by Joker and subsequently Batman, just kind of trying to. Know, figure out how to survive in the beast that is Gotham. That's a solid premise, at least. It at least had my attention, but yeah, I just I don't I don't really know where it's going in terms of direction and mm-hmm. starting to question how much I care anymore, um, or at least how much I care to follow it week to week. Like, would this just read better as one complete thing? Probably. Um, I don't know. Maybe. It's yeah. It was just you know. It's like probably the weakest one of our but uh, maybe it'll have a, an interesting you know turn in the next one i hope so it got a 7.75 so higher than the main story but um you know not looking too great honestly after these messages we'll be right back now back to our program all right and we're back thank you for sticking with not a robot Next up, we have Arkham City, The Order of the World, the penultimate issue in the six-issue miniseries. This is, of course, brought to us by Dan Waters with fantastic artwork from Danny, colors from Aditya Bidikar, no, colors from Dave Stewart, and letters from Aditya Bidikar, uh, the mysterious figure of the Arkham ghost who is later identified as a former Arkham patient known as Dr. No, or Dr. No-Face, excuse me, has been walking around the hospital collecting new figures to take to the mysterious new asylum. Meanwhile, at Dr. Phosphorus and Nocturne Place, where they are being very normal, don't ask any questions, they're just normal people living normal <laughs> lives. Uh, Dr. Joy has been catching up with them, just trying to figure out the mystery of why Dr. No-Face has been collecting these patients, what exactly she is trying to do, while also insinuating that in all this time and everything that's been happening, Dr. Joy herself may be going a little insane, a little bit crazy, just like all the Arkham patients that she helps to treat. <clears throat> but, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but unfortunately, she's not able to dwell on that for too long as that asshole John Paul Valley shows up to break in 
on a very normal, very, very regular family and decide to treat them as if they are monsters when he, I mean, he, clearly he can see that Nocturna and Dr. Phosphorus are as normal as they can be, but whatever, I guess, I guess he doesn't seem to care um, because after attempting to beat the shit out of them, Nocturna gives him a big old bite on his oh shoulder and yeah, and, uh, and knocks him out uh, before Dr. Joy convinces them to take him to the hospital because that is what normal people would do. As they make their way to the hospital, they find out that the Ten-Eyed Man has escaped from his confines uh, only to try and make his way out of the hospital and hopefully find some eyes to pluck from the street where he comes upon none other than the wife and son of Detective Stone asking for the little boy's eyes because that's obviously what you would do in a crowded street area. Um, (laughs) Before Dr. Joy... You need eyes. Yeah, I mean, what, come on. what is what is the boy gonna do with eyes anyway? Um, yeah. But at, just as just as Doctor Joy arrives uh, and hopefully um, is is able to talk some sense into the Ten Eyed Man, um, Doctor Detective Stone's wife, excuse me, um, really gives Everybody's her the a doctor in, in God. Every, everyone's a doctor. It's it's a doctor or a detective. You one of the yeah. two. Um, but uh, Detective Stone's wife is just horrified at Dr. Joy and is almost treating her as if she is insane, further um, extending the theory that uh, Phosphorus and Nocturna had been pushing that maybe Dr. Joy isn't quite as sane as she believes herself to be, and that maybe in the eyes of everyone else, she is just as insane as the patients she treats. And after having this horrible revelation, they just kind of start walking down the street with no real direction, just trying to find where they're going next, uh, not even realizing that they're finding their way to the mysterious asylum that they have been wanting to find uh, since, you know, Nocturna and Phosphorus revealed it. Uh, but we at least get the full revelation for everyone involved in our party that, uh, Running this mysterious asylum is none other than, again, we already learned this last issue, but this just kind of reaffirms it, Dr. Pig, who, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Professor Pig. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everyone's a doctor or detective. Uh, said yeah, <laughs> Professor Pig, who is inviting them to Pig's New Asylum, a place where you will be made perfect as you should. Um, yeah, this, uh, this series is still just blowing me away. Um, with everything that's going on and we've raved about Danny's art and how perfect it is for the series. And I, I definitely right there, obviously it's very stylized, but I just feel like it so works for this very moody, very cerebral series about insanity and sort of the grim, you know, villains of, of Gotham's underworld. So yeah, I'm, I'm really digging it. Still really digging it. Kind of going to be sad to see this one go. I, I'm almost hoping that that um, Waters and Danny and Stewart can do a sequel to this. Um, but you know, right. if it's a a good standalone series, then hey, it's it's something to enjoy. So this one got an eight point five for me. I just love the crap out of it. And it's a solid story. It the art is beautiful, in in, in a sketchy way, but it just a, it's. I don't even. I can't even describe it. It's just. It's it fits interesting. it so goddamn well it that does. it's just. Yeah. It's so good, and the mystery was was fantastic. The story is is wonderful. 
and it had me curious about the uh what's the doctor or a police okay now this is the psychiatrist name <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah i whether she was sane or not had me going this whole time this just a fantastic story um definitely worth a check out for anybody that hasn't if you haven't just go do it it's worth it uh this is an 8.5 for me one more to go i love this story i'll be sad to see it go i can't wait to see how it ends um it yeah i'm gonna be bummed when it's gone do uh it's getting super dark like literally watching dr joy's descent into madness which i almost feel is exactly what this book is about i mean is it madness there's still i mean ten i it's weird how all of it makes sense um hell i can't tell it's a it's a twisted story it it leaves me wondering how it could possibly end um i just hope it's not a and that's it kind of story where it's all these characters are still just out there wandering around um which it feels as though it very well might be in which case like brandon i'm hoping for a sequel and one Mm -hmm. we don't have to wait too long for yeah um I I I enjoyed it, man. Um, it's been a fun one. Weird as that is to say, this gritty noir—not really noir, but gritty. Um, kind of, it's kind of noir. I'd say that. Okay, gritty noir kind of feel to it. Just it works so good for the creepy ass story. It's a good mashup. I like it. It's a seven point five out of ten for me. Right, on to our next book for this week, Suicide Squad number 11. Rob, take it away. All right, so this is from writer Robbie Tom, writers Robbie Thompson and Dennis Hopeless with art from Dexter Soy, Eduardo Pensica, and Julio Ferreira with colors from Marcelo Maiolo and Matt Herms. My screen went blank again. Uh, and letter from Wes Abbott. So finally, Rick's, oh my God, finally Rick Flag's squad has reached Task Force X Island to take down Amanda Waller once and for all before she can realize her plans to invade Earth 3. He has the upper hand as Waller's squad is away on Earth 8 fighting, fighting the lightning strikes, which consists of Thing Man, Oedipus, Thrill Kill, Dead Red, and Blood Pouch, the best character in this book. Uh, the squad is getting beat on hard but major force starts letting loose and kills two of the lightning strikes before turning his sights on black siren matt steps in the way and takes a blast from major force which gives black siren the chance to sonic scream major force point blank killing him an act that waller has an issue with waller gets on comms and expresses her disappointment with match and teleports him black siren and talent away leaving the others behind Waller then goes to escape and is found by Flag and his squad. He goes to arrest her, but she lets him know that he is still so many steps behind him. I feel like I missed a word there. Uh, and she teleports away and the ground opens up underneath them because the island is partially made from clay face of Earth 33 and it begins to swallow them all up. 
Waller is now ready with her remaining squad of Black Siren Match, Talon, and a small army to declare war on Earth-3. Or the war for Earth-3, which is what the next story will be about if you want to see more about the Suicide Squad. And honestly, it's a crazy friggin' title. And this has been a crazy run. It's had its ups and downs. But honestly, this is going to be a book that I wish did not have to follow into Future State because I thought it was a lot of fun. And I really enjoyed the ups. I I don't know if there's an issue 12. I haven't seen anything coming, but I really hope this isn't the last issue. Because I think this team has done a fun job. And Ambush Bug better make a return with Blood Pouch. Because if it doesn't, something's not right. Oh, that'd be great. I'm excited for War for Earth 3. I'm curious to see where they'll go with this, but I can't imagine it's going to be anywhere near as fun or interesting or exciting as what we've had throughout this run. And what was most fun and exciting throughout this run was when they were not bogged down by the whole War for Earth 3 nonsense and Amanda Waller's hidden agenda. Let's let the Suicide Squad do the Suicide Squad thing. I think that's where the the heart of this book is. Suicide Squad. There, they there's a bunch of shoes that go on <laughs> deadly vision. Did, did I, I'm did sorry. Suicide Squad. Well, it's, it's I mean, suicide Squad. Nick got my shoes, dumb brain running. Sandals, thigh high boots. There's, yeah. I mean, it's all manner of footwear. But... <laughs> oh goodness, the the not alive squad. Yeah. Uh, this issue got an 8 out of 10 for me though 8 out of 10 for me as well solid stuff still not entirely sure how I feel about the War for Earth 3 Um, and as always Ambush Bug is amazing yes I love myself some Ambush Bug too but I am this got a six out of ten for me. I'm trying to figure out what the hell the point of this book was. Crickets. I don't know. I'll just, I'll just say. say. I mean, yeah, it's been it's been great to look at. The dialogue's been great, but I just I don't see exactly what the hell. I mean, we're going back to Earth three again with Amanda Waller again with her tripped out suicide squad again it's like i might as well be reading another crime syndicate book yeah but i didn't write it as bad the art spectacular i liked it but still six out of ten fair enough fair enough Right. Well, with that, we're going to make our transition to our final book for this week, Justice League Incarnate, number four. Brought to us by Joshua Williamson and Dennis Culver, with art by Chris Burnham, Mike Norton, and Andre Bresson. Colors from Hi-Fi and letters from Tom Napolitano. They are treated to about, what, like 10 or so pages of (laughs) exposition, uh, rewriting the entire cosmic history of the DC universe in a complicated and strange way that, to be honest, I'm not even going to try to explain because it is weird and 
there's some things so, that basically what it is is that the great darkness existed before everything all right and um it was it's it was locked behind the the the, the crack in the multiverse or the million other names it's been given and then the um the the hand I believe that's what it was called it was an offshoot of that i just read a whole big breakdown on it um it it, it is super confusing but apparently this whole thing with dark side needing to win so that he's able to keep everything at bay because he's the only one that can is something that's seriously going to happen. Um, sure. Um, I, yeah. I, well, look, listen, <laughs> hold on. I did. Okay. The, the issue it's better than average. I liked it better than the last one. I, I might feel better about this so far. If I read it as a trade, the art looks great, but as far as the story goes, it's, it's actually, it's got a lot of questions for me. Um, I did give this an eight out of 10. Listen, coming up in April, we've got the death of the Justice League, right? Members will die going up, up, up against a team of supervillains called the Dark Army. I'm going to assume that this is related to the great darkness here. So um, yeah. dark, dark side having to win um, either either winning and then trying to dominate the world or or losing and they are dealing with a dark army from the great darkness something along those lines is going to happen but here's the thing this is obviously leading to a crisis but there's already been an infinite crisis right and we're we're in the what what are we what do we call in this age again infinite frontier infinite frontier yeah, yeah. But there's always already been an infinite crisis. Dark was used to death, but um, tis, um, in the metal series. Um, so what would this crisis we're heading toward be called? Well, before we get into that, we should probably finish the the rest of the issue. Um, oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but yeah. Again, once we get out of the explanation, that is strange and odd, and some places doesn't make sense and it's just like wrong um but i'll get into that later um we get into the the core of the issue which is that dark side must win because he's the only one with the strength and fortitude or whatever to beat the great darkness so he is the one that takes possession of the multiversal crack even after um everyone is like no don't let evil do that and you know dark side is a greater evil that you'll have to fight even if he does beat the great darkness and anyway you get the point um but we also get the revelation uh whilst all this shit is happening that uh dr batman has unfortunately been possessed by the great darkness as we know he's been spreading its influence throughout the dc universe throughout the multiverse uh, for these past couple issues, and unfortunately, Dr. Batman was one of them. President Superman really wants to try and help his friend. Obviously, they've been together since Infinite Frontier. Darkseid's like, I don't have time for this shit, uses the Omega effect and obliterates him from existence before yeeting the fuck out of there to go fight <laughs> the empty hand uh, with the multiversal crack. He, in fact, does that, levels up to kaiju size while doing it, of course, 
and stabs him with the multiversal crack before the empty hand reveals that that was exactly what it wanted and grows to even greater size, stomps on Darkseid like he's an ant, and um, leaves the rest of the Justice League incarnate helpless as they also make their way to Earth-7 and hopefully are looking to catch up with their friends, salvage some stuff from the House of Heroes, only to reveal that the rest of the JLI has been possessed by the Great Darkness. Um, I had been really enjoying this series. It was a lot. Um, And I understood that. felt like it was juggling a lot. But it it was trying to, at least I thought, doing some interesting stuff with the multiversal ideas. Um, But I really, really did not like this issue at all. Um, I was not a fan. Um, Aside from the just kind of baffling attempt to tie everything under the great darkness in the first 10 pages, which for anyone with even a cursory knowledge of some of the events, it just, it just made no sense to me um, how no, they were trying foremost, to tie some If you're going to do stuff. something like that, you got to have Grant Morrison do it. Yeah. And again, using some of the ideas, especially a lot of the ideas that Grant Morrison worked on, like Final Crisis, like the multiversity and all that stuff, you kind of need to have a better sense of how that actually worked in, before you try and tie all in one neat little bow. So it just, it was like, oh my God, this is kind of frustrating to read. And and I didn't want to be like a continuity nerd about it, but the fact that it is so reliant on continuity, it's kind of hard not to be that way. Like if you're going to make all these callbacks, then you kind of expect people to have, you know, at least a somewhat knowledge about it or, you know, somewhat detailed knowledge about it. And then you know, trying to piece it all together. If you have read all these stories, it's just, just impossible. Um, like, I think especially with the Final Crisis one, which I think literally just had me go like, what? Like out loud, like, what? <laughs> right. I don't even understand. Like, what are you talking about? Um, whereas he's like, yeah, Darkseid triggered the entire Final Crisis to bring out the great darkness. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? That was not the point of that story at all. You didn't even read it. It feels like you didn't even read it, but whatever. I, I don't care. Um, the point is, even even without that explanation, I think the, the biggest thing was just the heel turn with Darkseid kind of revealing that he was bringing out the great darkness, you know, to fight the great darkness, which aside from not really making sense, at least to me, just felt like such a weird pivot. I would have been perfectly fine if they had said, we need to let Darkseid win so that, you know, they can in a new universe or something like that i don't know but it's just like that idea of i was trying to work with the great darkness and use its power and now i'm fighting against the great dark i'm just like i don't even i didn't even understand it and quite frankly after trying to understand it i just kind of lost interest and was like yeah forget it um so hopefully this last issue can at least try and make up for it but number four this penultimate issue was just a mess for me no bueno. so it, it got a 6.5 I was not a fan of it at all. Yeah. So I I counted the pages that were spent trying to make sense of all the crises. It was 11 (laughs) pages. How how many pages was this issue? Do you guys know? Uh, 30, I think. 30, okay. So... 
So a good third of the issue was spent just recapping every crisis in DC history to try and make this make sense as one long story. 11 freaking pages. A third of the book. Of a retcon. And yeah, then essentially. A massive retcon. Yeah. Massive retcons. Yeah. Which I I was I was too busy not caring about the first eleven pages to even realize that how many retcons they were doing. Like, oh my god! <laughs> for longtime readers, this issue is a bit of a slag. Yeah. For just... for newer readers that might not have read uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths and and you know, all the like Final Crisis and Infinite Crisis and for anybody that didn't read those. This is a perfect issue, and it'll, it's going to blow your friggin' mind. But for know. long-time readers like us, it's I, come honest, on. Yeah, honestly, I feel like if I was a new reader and I had I had never read Crisis, I'd never read Infinite Crisis, never read Final Crisis, maybe hadn't even read Death Metal. I think if I had read this, I would just be feeling overwhelmed by how involved it is in so many different parts of you know the DC history that I wouldn't even know know how to how to feel about it because it would just be so it's it's like so much that they're trying to tie all in one neat little bow that if i had no knowledge of any of this stuff it would just like break my brain yeah i don't know i I love this i like i I can if i can at least be positive about something i still love the stuff with the justice league incarnate like Mm -hmm. they're just a great team and and it's always fun watching them do stuff um yeah I, I, w- I was going to talk about the empty hand, but I don't know if we have enough time for that because um, that was a whole other that's thing. Yeah, yeah that, that's a whole other thing. And I had expressed my concerns about doing an empty hand story outside of the multiversity. And this was, it wasn't like as off the rails as I expected. But again, I think my thing was just like tying it all to the great darkness was just like, oh my God. Just, yeah, because now the empty hand is a spinoff yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. I was just like, oh my God. Just, but, just shoot me. Not um, good, not, but not as evil. Oh, yeah. Um, so so what, I don't know. What's the crisis going to get called? The Dark Crisis. There you go. It, dark oh, Crisis. God, I hope not. Uh, dark uh, Knights. Come on, that or, or or I know I know Joshua Williamson is a big fan of of um, '90s comics, so I think maybe it'll be a return of like the um, the very I don't know what the right way to say it is, but like the very direct titles that they used to have, like Underworld Unleashed, uh, or uh, uh-huh. um, what's the other one? Uh, I'm forgetting it, um, but like stuff like that. Well, maybe it'll, oh, be, maybe it'll, it'll, maybe it'll be it'll be it'll be darkness reigns. Infinite frontier. Yeah. Oh, darkness it'll, it'll be darkness reigns. Yeah. You know, underworld unleashed or um, you know, villains, Something whatever. Yeah, I, I could see dark crisis now as much yeah. as I don't want to. Yeah, that's sad. Uh, the the last twenty pages, not all bad. Yeah, it continued the story. It was a little dull but like brandon said the stuff with the justice league incarnate was a lot of fun it the that team is a solid team and i would love to see more of that team after this book has passed away but right now dear 
God. It's, it's on its deathbed. <laughs> he said Passway. It's like like sitting at the hospital bed holding its hand, like, don't leave me yet. I love you. Well, not this, I mean, not this issue, but yeah. Oh god. <laughs> I'm gonna miss you. Yeah. Go out with a bang. That's all I ask. Better uh, be a good bang. Yeah. But I'm I'm having trouble scoring this because there's parts I enjoyed and there's parts I just couldn't stand. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't I, even know how to score this one. <laughs> yeah, you just you just leave it blank for now, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I was there initially where it was like I don't even. Again, the stuff of the justice. All this shit talking, all this shit talking from guys who at the beginning of this this series were like, (laughs) "No, I love multiversity stuff. This is gonna be awesome." Justice League Incarnate. I got Captain Carrot here, President Superman. I don't have a problem keeping track of multiversity stuff at all. I will love gonna be great. End of my days. Yeah, I, I, and I still (laughs) love that stuff. I could still go back and the you know read the first three issues and be like, "Yeah, that was cool." It's just yeah. When you try and and I don't know, just try and make it seem like it's oh yeah, just tie everything together, it's super easy. I don't know. It just it just that to me was just like oh, this is just messy and and sloppy and weird and uh, in, in, yeah. In my ongoing effort of making a Star Wars reference in everything in existence, reading this so far has been like watching the sequel trilogy. Yeah, it yeah. starts off great. And then slowly descends into madness. Oh my God, yeah, no this <laughs> this this issue felt like, and God, I hope the last one doesn't feel like this, but this issue felt like Eyes of Skywalker was just like we're just yeah. trying to just tie everything up. Like we're we're almost at the end. We just need to get there um, yeah. and make it seem like it works, even though it, it whatever. Anyway, I I don't want to talk if, about this anymore. <laughs> if if Doctor Multiverse. Yeah, it yeah it really. Sh- it, if Doctor Multiverse is Darkseid's daughter, and she uh, takes the last name Carrot, I'm just gonna like flip my shit. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> I'm just I'm gonna exit. I'm I'm exiting life. Yeah, yeah. Out. <laughs> Deuces, I've had enough. God, that would suck. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> right. In our last few moments on this show, we will be going to our top three picks for this week, as well as our biggest stinker. Uh, so, gentlemen, start us off. What were your top three picks for this week? I'll go first since I, uh, I'm in a bit of a hurry, but uh, at least for me, my, my top three books for the week at uh, number three, <clears throat> I had um, DKOS, still super cool, um, still just really interested in, uh, in, in where that's going and, uh, and what's going on. At number two, I had One Star Squadron, Books of Riot, <laughs> and I just, oh, yeah. it's just such a joy to read. It always makes me laugh. Um, but at number one, I had Arkham City, Order of the World. Just amazing stuff, and, uh, and I'm hoping that it can end in a pretty neat way. Um, and uh, uh, hopefully there's room for a sequel. I, I really love that. Um, standout moment, though, I think... Hard to choose. There were a couple of, of really cool ones that I liked, but you know, even if I was kind of lukewarm on it at first, um, have to give the uh, standout moment to Batman One Twenty. Um, 
just that last image of the Batman Incorporated standing with Abyss. Oh my God, just incredible. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to give it to Lex with his Batman suit because that was pretty dope, but um, it's just really cool stuff in that entire issue. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, for me, I had number three, I had Monkey Prince. Just a lot of fun. I'm so ecstatic for this series. Uh, number two, I had Decos. It's everything you want in a comic book, especially medieval. Like fantasy is perfect. And number one, I had Batman, which is kind of weird. I don't know if I've ever had Batman at number one since I started this podcast. So that feels weird, but it feels good at the same time. And for best mm-hmm. moments, I had honestly any panel with Ambush Bug and Blood Pouch just chatting. It's just fantastic. I I wanted to pick so many others, but I kept going back to those. Um, What was your favorite moment? Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't pick just the one (laughs) Uh, of Uh, ambush, ambush bug, and blood pouch. Like honestly, any panel with the two of them together. All right, fair enough. Um, my top three were uh, number number three is Batman. Loved it. Um. Glad that some bat books are getting back up into the top three. Uh, number two goes out to Dark Knights of Steel. That's just as great as it ever was. And the first place winner here is going to be Monkey Prince. Nice. Um, that last page, though, of in in Batman, where uh, Batman Inc. is standing there with Abyss saying, yeah. join the dark side. <laughs> yeah. That was sick. Oh, really sick. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I don't have a clever intro. In- oh, that's nasty. This week, I think because I'm still like just going over Justice League Incarnate again. Put me in a, in a, <laughs> uh, I, put me in a, a shitty place, if you'll permit the pun. Oh. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's uh, find out what made our, our stink list this week, gentlemen. I think mine should not be a surprise. I had Justice League Incarnate number three. Just it's so stinky. Uh, it was yeah, it was oof, just rough. I I don't even have like words for it at this point. So yeah. I, I am right there with you, Brandon. Honestly, I had JLI somewhat. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't hate everything, but it was just, come on. It's just bad. Yeah. <laughs> We're line pathetic, but um, <laughs> might be a little mean. Well, uh, for somebody that was against JLI, starting with the second <laughs> issue. Like, ah, oh, yes. It might even been the first Validation. One. Um, <laughs> I'm actually, that's not actually on my stinker list. Uh, Suicide Squad was. It doesn't seem to be doing much other than just barely staying alive. Um, I can't imagine it selling that well from my point of view. You guys seem to like it, but this just seems like the same regurgitated stuff over and over again. Um, but yeah, so that's why it's on my my stink list there. Yeah, fair enough. I don't have any nominations for the dump list this week. Both putting stuff on and uh, pulling stuff off. So if you guys have anything you want to shout out before we close for the night, let's hear it. 
I would like to nominate World of Krypton again, just for principle. <laughs> I want to flush it again! Yeah, I, and, and again, I, I feel style. horrible. I haven't fucking read it. I have not read it since the first issue, but just on fucking principle. <laughs> third issue was a little better. The second issue was, was kind of garbage, but the third issue was, was getting better. Yeah. I think. I don't know. It's... It's it's definitely gonna be a you either love it or you hate it. Um, yeah, type of thing. Oh, and one thing I forgot to mention at the beginning of the the episode, but I, I wanted to. Uh, this is episode eighty. Yes, seventy nine. Seventy nine, or are we eighty? I'm not eighty. I'm only forty three. <laughs> 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 I I believe that this is episode eighty. Okay. I'm not a hundred percent certain though. I, I I'm ninety nine percent sure it is. If it is, <laughs> that that marks fifty episodes for you and I, Brandon. Oh wow! Hey, yeah. look at that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah, I, close for a year. I know. I think. Well, I think. I mean, at least from from my memory, I think a couple weeks from now it'll have been a full year since we've mm-hmm. been on the show um so that's exciting one year anniversary yes it is um yeah i think i think it was yeah end of i just i just remember it was like the last week of of um like some of the future state stuff so i think that might have been we were there for the last one yeah the last week of february so yeah almost a year guys Mm -hmm. we gotta put something together Yeah. yeah All right, well, year anniversary to do another free for all deal. Yeah, no, we can uh, do a, a year anniversary live stream or something. Um, yeah, might be fun, and uh, maybe get uh, Tom back on the show, do some more trivia. Oh yeah, hopefully not embarrass you guys quite as much. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, no, that's our show for this week. Thank you for tuning in. As always, we will be here next week at Talking Comics, and we hope you'll stop by. Remember to go to notarobotpodcast.com for all of our shows and uh, all sorts of people. <clears throat> and uh, you can, of course, visit uh, buymeacoffee.com forward slash podcasts for any type of donation we would like to make towards the shows. Uh, but with that, there's only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time. Be good to each other. And don't be a robot.